Welcome to another episode of Film Stuff. Today's episode is sponsored by Gluten-Free Raspberry Cheesecake. Mm, because I am gluten-free now, and it is the worst. Somehow, Lee is gluten intolerant. <laughs> yes, this is not one of those cases where I like read some blog posts and I'm like, I can't eat gluten. This is a taste of um, I pooped in a bucket and also had lots of blood drawn and had many lab tests. And then they determined that I'm gluten intolerant and therefore should not be eating gluten for the next six months. And today we had an excellent um, raspberry cheesecake, I think. Mm, cheesecake? Yeah, it's like solid. Also, I'm not supposed to have a lactose either. Basically, stuff either comes in lactose-free or gluten-free. It doesn't really come in both lactose and gluten-free because at that point, why are you even bothering? <laughs> so anyway, what are we talking about this episode? This episode is about shooting video specifically for mobile viewing. Mobile viewing. Mobile viewing. It's basically how do you edit videos, make videos, or film videos in for the smartphone viewers. Our good friend Mickey, uh, who's also a YouTuber, so he has Lee a specific kind of editing question yeah, about. He's, he's deep into the technical yeah. side of it, which I love. Uh, he asked me about audio mixing specifically for phone speakers and for earphones and which one or how is there a way to kind of um, edit them for both and lee's answer no <laughs> there's not a way to edit for both unfortunately and this is a thing that audio engineers already know um you must check your mix on multiple different speaker types multiple different speaker arrangements multiple different headphones and there is a very big difference in perceived audio level if you listen to our videos with headphones it's mixed very well, especially we use like AirPods, Bose headphones, the Apple kind of headphones that come with your device or just like even Beats tend to sound really great. If you're listening on like a different audio things, it'll sound different than what it is that yeah, we're testing if you're with. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at our videos on your Apple TV or your like, you know, other TV. Oh, it's oh, not gonna be pleasant. It's gonna be a rough ride. What? The other time, I think it was the other day, we watched our videos in a 4K or is it 6K? Uh, yeah, no, somebody bought a, an OLED. OLED. 65? I don't know, I mean, 65 or 68? Oh my God, it was a huge, a gorgeous, beautiful, gorgeous resolution <laughs> television. And they were like, let's watch your videos. <laughs> and, like, ah! Ah! and we did it. Oh my God, it was, it was rubbish. So painful for us so painful and they were like it's not that bad and we're like yes it is i had to look away <laughs> the mix was all messed up the, the resolution was awful we weren't even so focused anyway. half the time it was horrible so it does matter of which you're which you're thinking about the viewers and their um settings where they're watching as well yeah and my point was if you watch our videos with headphones and then on speakers, like without, like say on your laptop or something, you will notice a difference. And the biggest thing that you'll notice right off the bat is that the level of the background music sounds different. It's maybe sounds when you're just listening to it on laptop speakers, it sounds like a normal level. And then you put on headphones, it sounds like the background music is way too loud. You know, we want everybody to have as good of an experience as we can. And it's way more distracting to feel like the background music is too loud than it is to feel like the background music is too soft. Mm -hmm. So we'd rather you not notice the music then notice the music too much if that makes sense mm -hmm. so we mix for headphones because we'd rather err on the side of caution even if you are just going to edit for your your mobile speaker like every phone model will handle mobile speaker 
slightly differently. It will have a different frequency distribution on that speaker. It will handle basses slightly differently. It will be mono versus stereo. Like they're all a little different. So it's impossible to get a mix that's perfect and universal for everybody anyway, regardless of what it is that you're picking because everybody's headphones display something or play back something differently. Everybody's speaker sounds different. Everybody's phone model sounds different. There's no perfect mix, which is very unfortunate. And so when you're kind of a film nerd and you want to go to a movie theater that has been, for example, Dolby Atmos certified or THX certified, what that means is that a technician has come in and double checked all the speaker placements to make sure that the, the sound that's coming out of the speakers sounds exactly like it's supposed to so that you have a consistent like hearing experience your audio sounds as it is supposed to because there is a lot of times when you're in a movie theater and the audio is off. Mm -hmm. It happened most recently with um, Tenet which is a Chris the Christopher Nolan's new film. It came out and a lot of people complain about the audio mix. They can't understand what the characters are saying. And sometimes that has to do with the audio mix and the audio engineer. And sometimes that has to do with the theater's speaker placement or the types of speakers that they have. And maybe something's out of alignment. Maybe audio system just isn't that great. Mm -hmm. You're just like filtering that all out. You have to only able to edit for one thing. Yes. You can't edit for like multiple purposes. Thank you, that was my point. <laughs> So basically the answer to Miki's question was that no, you can't you know, edit for both. You mm. have to either, you know, audio mix for earphones or headphones yes. or audio mix for the, you know, your mobile speaker. Yep. You do kind of have to pick. That's one side, but also like shooting and filming and right. it's a bit different. So we also wanted to talk about that kind of side too. Mm. So uh, this whole conversation about audio mixing for mobile versus not mobile for headphones versus not headphones got us thinking that actually we do a lot of different things specifically when we know something is going to be viewed on a mobile platform. Mm -hmm. When we know most people are going to be viewing it on their phone, we definitely treat the footage differently and we treat the final project differently. And when we test it, we test it, the final product on a phone. So if you're looking at a small device, not so much worrying about resolution, but just in terms of how close up you are. If you're looking at a mobile device, you'll want more close-ups because you won't really be able to see a lot of detail that's in the wide shot. And then when you see it projected on a large screen, like in a movie theater, you can get a lot more information. So if somebody is doing something in the background of the shot, you'll actually be able to notice it. Whereas if you're looking out on a, on a small phone screen, sometimes you will miss some of that stuff just because the screen is so small and you'd have to really, really concentrate to try and pick that stuff out. So it makes more sense for you to lean more heavily on closer shots instead of big wide shots. And there's some movies and some artists, like for example, Roy Anderson films, I don't know that you'd really want to sit and watch that on your phone. That's like the wrong setting for that. Or big action explosion movies. I don't know that you want to listen to that on your phone. Like that maybe isn't the right mm -hmm. setting, you know? Or if you want to hear like the epic Hans Zimmer soundtrack to Pirates of the Caribbean, like home theater just isn't quite the same as being in a theater for me. So I do think that there's times when you just, the experiences are just totally different and you, you can't play to all of them you kind of have to pick what you're optimizing for. So when you optimize for mobile, one thing that you should be thinking about is shot size. That's a very good point because like I tried to actually the other day, you were like, what are you watching on your phone? John Week, and I tried, literally I stopped because it was super bad. It was like, I couldn't. It, it <laughs> What's was, happening? Yeah, in a small screen, it was like, I couldn't see what was happening. It was moving too fast. And I was like, this is super not great. I prefer to see those in the theater for exactly that yeah. reason. Is you yeah. want the entire glory of the action in and a giant same, IMAX, yeah. thanks. <laughs> that's that's very true. And the second time I noticed this was actually watching, I think, one of um, Maze Runners. 
in a plane on a TV. Like, no, not on a TV, in our laptop. Oh my god, both of us got so nauseous. nauseous. Of course, it was a turbulent cause. The, also the, but the, uh, the camera shake was just so much more noticeable on a scroll, small screen than it, it was in a big screen because you're not immersed in the picture. So douchey and film nerdy. Immersed but in just the picture? Aren't immersed in the picture in the same way. <laughs> you're not, though. <laughs> yeah. It's also true that I'm finding myself um, staying away from extreme close-ups now that uh, everything is being watched on mobile. When somebody's like in a super tight like choke shot where they cut you off of the neck and it's just like your face, I do find sometimes it's like too much on mobile because it's so, it's like takes up the entirety of the phone. Sometimes it can be too much and sometimes you'll feel it if you watch I'm not gonna call out any films, but a film that's poorly edited or it's poorly shot, either or, we're not really sure which it is. Poorly directed, who knows? Could be any of those three things. You'll sometimes feel it. You'll feel like you need to step back. You'll find yourself being like, pull back, pull out, get farther. Or you'll be like straining to see what's happening. You're like, zoom in, I don't know what's happening here. You'll feel one of those two feelings sometimes. <laughs> and it is very much a feeling for me. Uh -huh. That type of like, well, you know, so for me, you go into an edit room with the director and you're deciding which piece of coverage to have. You have the shot in a master, you have the shot in a medium, you have the shot in a close-up, and then you get to pick which one you go to and when. And so directors always want to like push in as the film gets more, as the scene gets more emotional, as you get like more intense in a conversation, you want to get closer and closer and closer, but not always. And for me, sometimes I'll feel like I'll watch a scene back the way that the director has asked me to cut it. And I'm like, can we just get a little bit of distance here? I feel like I'm in their nose hairs, <laughs> even though it's like too close. Can we just back the F up for a second? So it is very much a feeling for me. I remember the first time that one of my films that I made was ever projected on a larger screen. You just see a bunch of stuff that you don't see on a smaller screen, especially if you're editing on the same computer every time. I mean, you need to check that stuff on multiple screens and projection is totally different than a digital screen. The color will show up differently. The contrast will show up differently. So a shot that on your computer didn't look too dark will be like, no one can see what's happening on a projector. And you can zoom in to, you know, 120, 125% without really noticeable difference for something that's gonna be viewed in mobile. But you put that up on a projector, it is infinitely obvious that you zoomed in and lost a lot of pixel quality. Um, things like whether or not you used a stabilizer is much more apparent on a larger screen than it is on a smaller screen. Uh, the audio was really different. I remember I never cross-faded in and out of my audios or I cross-faded in out, but like um, the clips were touching. So it cross-fade fully to zero and out and then it would crossfade fully in from zero. So there was a second though, where there was just no sound at all. And then when I finally saw it on a projector, I remember being shocked that you could hear the in between every single cut. And that's how I was like, oh, I guess I should crossfade it so that they overlap. No one taught me to do that, but by listening to it in a better sound system than I had, and by watching it on a bigger screen than I had in my computer, this was like, again, super early days, I was like, oh, that's how I learned how to do that. And you can bet that I've never made that mistake since. <laughs> since, I don't know, I was 16 years old, <laughs> I learned that lesson. But that's how you learn, is by noticing stuff when you see it in different viewing formats. Mm -hmm. So just as it's different in mobile, it's also very different when you're watching with a group of people in a large theater. So you should really um, be aware of those differences. You should definitely check them if you're planning on 
kind of viewing it in those types of situations. So if you're planning on viewing it only in mobile, check it on mobile. If you're planning on viewing it in a theater, check it on a projector screen. But I think that, uh, yeah, it's not just mobile viewing. I think that it's always a good idea to keep in mind how the audience is actually watching your film because that will inform choices. Do you give them chances to pause and go get a sandwich? Do you not? Do you expect them to finish it in one sitting? Do you care if they're multitasking? How would you edit it differently if you know for sure that they're multitasking? That kind of thing. The next point I would say we can definitely talk about is vertical videos where mobile viewing is getting more and more, I would say, common. And vertical videos are becoming more common, you know, and Instagram stories adapted it, TikTok, Snapchat. And YouTube ads. YouTube Those ads. are probably the four places you'll see vertical video. And I've seen few vertical videos on YouTube itself, but still it's a landscape video game there. We've seen a good vertical music video. I think Snapchat's Dead Girls Detective Agency was pretty good. Oh yeah, Snapchat has some vertical originals. Yeah. Right, well, right. Where else have you seen it? It's all... TikTok. Dun, dun, yeah, it's, dun, dun, I mean, dun. sure. It's TikTok and it's also Instagram stories, but like the super produced stories... Yeah, there's just really not that much programming that's vertical yet. I think it's because grown-ups prefer to watch on television. Yeah, grown-ups who will actually pay for things like to still watch on landscape videos. I mean, I, I think... <laughs> that's what this is about. I mean, that's true, though. It matters who pays. That's... That's who gets catered to. Sorry, but it's true. I do think that like the television is not going away anytime soon because people still do prefer to watch things on a bigger screen. The mobile experience is one of convenience. Unless you're a kid and then your dad's hogging the TV for the sports game or your mom wants to watch a movie or your older sister is hogging it. I mean, if you're a kid who's in your own room, your phone like is your own device and your own way to watch your own stuff. But for most of us, for the average consumer, that's not the case. For the average consumer, being able to watch stuff on the television is pretty normal. And so if you're at home relaxing and you have the option, I think most people are still going to pick the television for a while to come because it's a better viewing experience. Yeah, it is. And also I think TV has been having its prime moments now as well. I would consider Netflix now a TV, you know, it's... I do too. It's to me. It's not even. It's it's TV. It's Sorry, most, it's TV. Yeah, it's it's has been most popular. Like everybody's watching TV. Everybody's watching Netflix. Everybody watching like you know a thing. And here's your regular public service announcement. If you want Netflix to remain ad-free, don't share your logins, buy your own service. It's only $7.99 a month. Because this is exactly what happened with cable. It was ad-free at the beginning and then the advertisers came in and ruined it because it wasn't a good financial model. So don't share your logins, buy the service yourself. Thank you very much. I have some strong feelings about the commercialness of film. That's a different topic. We should definitely have paying for media as a podcast topic, I think. I see it a lot of times. Obviously, filmed in landscape, tried to make it a vertical video. Oh yeah, it doesn't work. They've cropped it, and then it looks weird. Yeah, like cropping it is not enough. This is exactly what we're talking about. It's a different format with different rules. So when you crop it, it's not like, I'm not talking about the resolution or the quality, it's the- Framing. Framing of a person. It's just weird. Framing of like uh, the object is not right. It's meant, I can see it was meant for landscape and you need a vertical video and you just cropped it. And we never, you never would have shot it like that if you're doing vertical first. Exactly. So 
Actually, there are also brands who does it really well, who actually shoots multiple things. They, they put it in their plan. But that's how people used to do IMAX movies back in the day. It used to be that you shot it with two cameras at the same time, one shooting normal, 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter, and one shooting IMAX. Like mm. that's how it used to be. So that there was the IMAX version and the regular version. That makes sense. Yeah, so I think brands do the same thing now, like shoot with multiple formats mm -hmm. and then have different shot lists for each one. Like that makes sense to me. If you're running a brand campaign and you wanna have something that could work in both formats, then you're gonna have to shoot it twice. I notice sometimes I watch stuff and, or I watch people on the subway watching stuff and they don't like full screen rotate anymore. Oh, when we first had the phone, we used to do that a lot. It was like, oh, I can't imagine watching this YouTube video small. And so you made it full screen and it would automatically rotate. And now when you make a video full screen, it doesn't automatically rotate. But most people just keep their phones in vertical mode now. And that's like a difference in viewing habit. So you have even less screen real estate if you're expecting your mobile okay. audience to be doing that. Technical term, technical term. Screen real estate. Susie, what is screen real estate? I mean, I, I think it's self-explanatory because it says real estate. It's basically screen percentage of the actual whatever video you're mm. in your screen. Mm. So basically a percentage of the video is in your screen. Mm. Usable space. Usable space. Usable space. Here's a screen real estate. Here is <laughs> a great example of screen real estate. Uh, on YouTube, there's several different types of ads. One of the types of ads that you encounter, which the person who has uploaded the video does not always get to choose. You're not saying specifically, I want this type of ad. You can disallow or allow certain types of ads, but sometimes it's not within your control. And this thing that pops up at the bottom, the they're called overlay ads, right? And it's like a little square advertisement that shows up on top of your video, your YouTube video that you can close, but it's also there. And most people don't close them. They just wait for them to go away. That type of ad takes up what we call prime real estate of the screen. So you don't wanna put anything particularly important where an ad might be put on top of it because then your audience will be like, what's happening under this ad? That's true, like your subtitles, it's always like gonna be interfering with that overlay advertisement you don't want. You don't. So if you're in control of it, you either choose to not have overlay ads. You could say, please don't do this ad type on top of my video. Or you could keep in mind the fact that there might be an ad on top of it and put your subtitles higher or somewhere else in the screen. Mm -hmm. A lot of the kind of like, for example, with subtitles, there's standards of where you put them. There's lots of different formatting standards that we use for subtitles and closed captionings, which are slightly different. But you don't really have to follow those rules unless you're, for example, making a television series for a channel that needs to be closed captioned for like, that's just one of their standards that they adhere to. If you're just making a regular YouTube video, then you can do whatever you want to it. You that's don't have to true. follow any of those rules. You that's can put your subtitles true. on the top if you want. You can put them over people's mouths if you feel like it. You can do whatever you want. Like John Wick also does some interesting things with subtitles. Mm -hmm. The subtitles appear not as hard subtitles. They appear on the screen as floating graphics that are underneath the person who's saying it. So yeah, you can break the rules for sure but you do have to kind of keep in mind screen real estate. If there's gonna be an ad on that space, then how you edit and how you frame that shot, you should be mindful of the fact that there could be an ad depending on what platform you're publishing this thing on. So we got a little bit distracted by this term, screen real estate, but let's go back to mm. mobile, I mean, people's mobile viewing mm. habits have changed. Yeah. 
which we don't turn anymore. Right. One thing I think about is the frame around the black space that's floating around your frame is sort of like dead space to you. Mm -hmm. You can't access it. So there's certain effects that like, let's say like a push wipe or a wipe that comes down or up. If somebody's not watching it with their phone turned, then the top of the frame is not the, the edge of the phone. The top of the frame is now somewhere in the middle of the phone and then there's a big bunch of black space on top of it. So an effect like that doesn't really work as well as for example, a side to side effect because the left right of the film frame is also the left right of the screen still. So if you wanna have something feel like it comes from the edges of the screen, it will feel more natural if you keep it in the left right as opposed to the top bottom. Mm. Same with panning shots. If you pan top bottom, I mean, it's fine. It's no one's gonna call you out on it. It's not gonna feel weird, it'll totally work, but it doesn't have the same effect as it would if the f edge of the frame was really the edge of the frame. Mm -hmm. I think so. Those little like effects won't really appear. the rise of mobile viewing in general, do you think we should be optimizing for mobile viewing? Or do you think that there's only certain cases like advertisement or our YouTube channel where we might want to consider optimizing for mobile? We were pointing out this like, people are having different habits now, but I don't think it's wise to actually think about it so much to create your videos, something that's so mobile friendly at the same mm, time. Why not? Like what you said, like we don't have screen. It's are, are we just going to be blocks of just like no effects, nothing because we're considering those habits, even though we need it, for instance, mm -hmm. for commercial reasons, definitely you need to adapt it. But I don't know if it's really for creative reasons to really adapt to it. But I feel like a lot of the, the standards that especially television was very standardized. And so when I learned kind of the basics, here's how you create a final cut of something, I learned like making everything kind of broadcast safe. And those standards still exist for television, but they don't really exist for the online space. And so it doesn't really make sense to be adhering to those like conventions. You have to use this type of color. You can't crush your blacks. You have to audio mix in this way. You know, you have to, you have to set your decibels at this particular way. You know, you have to have your 20 seconds of blank at the beginning. Like, I, I don't know that you necessarily need to make films the same way anymore. And you even see it with things like television on these streaming services. Like, they don't have commercial breaks anymore. So when you watch old television, there's the fade to black that's in the middle of all these things because that's just what you do when you're broadcast television. But you don't have to do that when you're on a streaming platform. You don't have to have a fade to black, black mm -hmm. act break. It doesn't have to be split up into that that number, particular number of acts, depending on the running time, you know? So um, a lot of these like ways that we make choices that are just like, well, here's how you do it, or here's common ways to do it in television or in filmmaking, like we don't necessarily need to, to do that anymore. But at the same time, like maybe we should adopt some new ones because people are viewing things more on mobile and more and more, they're not mm. even just like watching something solidly. They're either watching it on Netflix on their TV while they're also on their mobile phone checking social media, or now there's like picture in picture where people are like having it in the background while they're doing something else at work or they like have it minimized and it's half of their screen while they're also like checking their email on their phones. Like people are multitasking video more too, but I don't think, I do agree that like, that doesn't mean that we should make video more obvious and more stupid for the people that are multitasking. But you think it should be actually thought about? I think you should be aware that the way people are consuming media is different now. I think so too. Um, yeah, I think that's it for our mobile viewing. Mm. If you have any thoughts, let us know. 
And I'm very curious if you guys are listening to this on your computers or if you're listening to this on mobile. Are you wearing headphones or are you not? I'm probably sure people are listening via their mobile. Most people, like, podcasts are listening to mobile. No? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know. Maybe they're listening on the Sonos speaker or, like, a soundbar somewhere or a Bluetooth speaker. You know, they could be listening on a Bluetooth speaker. You don't know. While they're doing dishes. How are you listening to our podcast? Listener, tell us. Leave us a review. Let us know. We read all of them multiple times. (laughs) Apparently multiple times. Multiple times. I say this every week, and then every week I'm like, are there new reviews? (laughs) Nope. 18 ratings? What? It's ratings. Excellent. We've gotten an additional three ratings. We still have no more reviews. We have the same number of reviews that we've had before. 2017, 2018. But thanks. Thanks to the three of you who actually... Wrote us a review. Wrote us a review. Thank you. Let's read it again. Let's read them again. Here we go.